Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome. Welcome to Warriors Wrap Up. Radloff Curry takes another three. It's up and good. He's got 62. On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he finds it for a dunk. Jam. Oh, by Oubre. He caught it right at the restricted area. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Wiseman defending. Kept Chris Paul from scoring. Rebounds the ball. Kicked it over to Jordan Poole. Here we go again. Maybe a heat check. Behind the back. Dribbles down the lane. Stumbles to the rim. Floats it up and in over Kaminsky. And Jordan Poole. He's got a 10-point quarter. I I love it. Someone comes in and said, all right, I've got to prove something here. Yeah, and Jordan Poole did prove something tonight, a night where the Warriors played without Stephen Curry, also Draymond Green, and Kelly Oubre Jr., a career-high 26 for Poole. Uh, He winds up shooting 5 of 10 from three-point range, and the Warriors uh, wind up losing to the Suns 120-98. to They hit the All-Star break at 19-18. and uh, We talked a lot before the ball game about uh, some of the disappointment at the fact that Steph Curry and Draymond Green were not playing, uh, but the fact remains that the players who did get an opportunity tonight, Covey, uh, got to gain some experience and shine and maybe even earn a different role for themselves in the second half, and, and Jordan Poole highlighted that tonight uh, with, with one of the best games of his career. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he can score, right? And uh, clearly that time in the G League has served him well. I I mean, he can put the ball on the floor and finish around the bucket. I I like his slash game. And and when you can penetrate, man, you can put defenses uh, on on their back feet. And obviously he's not afraid to pull up. A couple of them YOLO threes down the stretch. JD started – he had that pull up from Steph Range, you know, of little consequence. I mean, look, that's that's what garbage time is for, right? Fill it up, get some experience – uh, and so I was happy for Jordan Poole because it's been a, uh, you know, it's been a, a rocky road for him and he was miscast last year. I still think there's a, a, a pretty good scorer in there. Like what is he going to be a complete NBA player in a rotational piece? Only time will tell, but he gives you something. Who else on the Warriors is scoring 26 right now? Like nobody. Steph. Oh yeah. And yeah. Steph. I'll wait. I'll wait for the other. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's Steph and 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 Ubre's had some nice games, but it's always in that twenty to twenty four point range typically of late. Wiggins 
I, I think you can just pencil Wiggins in for 16, 17, or 18 every single night, uh, even on a night like tonight uh, where he was the number one scoring option in 31 minutes, 6 of 11 for Wiggins. Uh, tonight in the ball game, but but you're right. There's an explosiveness uh, for Jordan Poole, and, and look, he did exactly what you would want him to do, considering the circumstances. And there was a lot to glean, I, I think, uh, in terms of experience uh, for a number of different players. The, the three that that come to mind are the obvious ones. It's Jordan Poole, the 26 points in 26 minutes. By the way, James Wiseman, a career high in terms of minutes. 34 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, mixed results for Wiseman, but just the fact that he was out there. I mean, that's what you have to do. If you're going to make the decision that guys are going to sit and younger players are going to get an opportunity to go up against one of the best teams in the in the Western Conference and in the NBA, uh, which the Suns have been in the first half, now 24-11, and 11, uh, you, you want them to get out there and do it. And Nico Mannion got a start tonight in the NBA, going up against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So he played 30 minutes uh, as well and it was a feisty 31 minutes I thought from him he he sure. can be a, a creator and and do some things and uh, he wound up three of five from three now three of ten overall so those are the three guys to me that that stood out uh, in the ball game tonight uh, it was kind of a mixed bag I felt like uh, I felt like the young players who got opportunities played pretty well and, and the experience on a night like tonight is obviously the most important thing but it really was for the most part a night where the inexperienced players were the guys that showed out and, and the guys that have been rotation players kind of struggled so it goes it doesn't really matter in terms of the outcome I mean this game was decided at about 9 30 this morning uh, when uh, Anthony Slater broke the news that the Warriors were going to be without Steph and, and Draymond and, and likely Kelly Oubre. Uh, so you got to try to see what you can make of tonight. And Jordan Poole and, and others, uh, Poole in particular, though, made his made his case. So 888-957-9570, uh, if you want to react to this one. Uh, I'll just ask you straight up here. Uh, because I, I, I have some – I want to take this a couple of different directions. But as far as pool goes, now Brad Wanamaker did uh, tweak his, his ankle tonight. Uh, Jordan Poole's earned more minutes. I think that's the, the easy answer, and I think it's the correct answer. The more difficult answer is where has he earned those minutes? Because uh, I, I think – there are minutes to be had at that backup point guard spot, but is Steve Kerr going to trust him to fill that void? That would be the easiest way right now to give Jordan Poole 12 to 14 minutes a game. Yeah, I got no problem with it, man. Honestly, Steve Kerr basically informed all of us with his decision today, and I don't want to go too crazy with it, but just by the way he's kind of coached uh, you know, the, the last couple of weeks of this basketball team, uh, I, I think it's, it's clear that he's got a, a big eye towards next season. And if that's the case, well, this season can't be in vain. And so why don't you develop some young guys? Is Brad Wanamaker going to be on this team next year? We all know the answer to that. Brad Wanamaker might not be on this team in a couple of weeks. So I'd much rather see Jordan Poole, uh, you know, try and, and fail at times and, and score as opposed to, you know, what I get from Brad Wanamaker on a nightly basis because we already know what that looks like. So I'm ready for something new there. And even if it means, you know, that he's maybe a defensive liability. I mean, here's the thing, J.D., what are we talking about? We're talking about when Steph Curry is resting, holding the line against the opposition. And too many times with that second unit, it becomes the Eric Paschal post-up show, and the Warriors lose ground. 
if you have another scoring threat out there, I'm not saying they need to blow the doors off of anybody. Just hold the line until Steph and Draymond get back in there. That's all that's required. And even if Poole's a bit of a defensive liability at this point, the fact that he can score, I think, is a big-time compensator for that. So I wouldn't mind seeing it. Plus, you know, when you weigh it against, well, developing him as a young piece, he might not be in the rotation next year, but only one way to find out, man. Play him. 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up here with J.D. and Covey on 95.7. The game, Phoenix gets the better of the Warriors, 120-98. to So Golden State now 19-18 and at the break. That's going to be the other theme here over the course of the next hour, just where the Warriors stack up in the Western Conference now at the break. And just how you feel about this first half overall. It was a tough start for the Warriors in the first uh, couple of games, 0-2 to begin it, 0-3 to end it. Uh, they didn't have a, a three-game winning streak or a three-game losing streak until these final six games before the break. And then, uh, wouldn't you know, they wind up following their first three-game winning streak on the season with their first three-game losing streak of the season to go into the break here at 19-18. and 18. The Warriors are ninth in the Western Conference standings at the break. Uh, and things really have, have taken shape here, uh, looking at some of the, the outcomes tonight. Uh, the Nuggets, for all of their first-half struggles, actually vaulted themselves into sixth tonight. So they are in the final protected spot. Portland tonight followed up their win over the Warriors with a similar win over Sacramento, a game that was uh, hard-fought both ways down the stretch, and then Damian Lillard kind of took it over late. Uh, and Portland now is 21-14. and 14. So you look at the West, it's Utah, Phoenix, surprise, surprise, they're at the top, 1-2. and two. Lakers, Clippers, 3-4, but I think we all know where they're going to end up in the mix and probably favorites in any playoff series, uh, maybe except for the one they would play against each other, obviously. Uh, Blazers <laughs> and, and Nuggets in the 5-6 spots, and now you have this group 7-10, to 10 of San Antonio, Dallas, who's playing well. Uh, they, they really turned their season around that Saturday night uh, when they beat the Warriors that first weekend of February, the night before the Super Bowl. The Warriors and the Grizzlies are 16-16. and 16. And then there's a gap. I mean, it almost looks like, uh, and you look at it right now, there is a three-game separator between the Grizzlies at 510th and the Pelicans at 15-21 and 21, uh, in 11th. Uh, so it almost looks like the 10 is going to be the 10 it's just a matter of can the Warriors be good enough to get all the way up to six, and I think that is going to prove to be a tough task in this second half. Yeah, look, the Warriors missed a golden opportunity while some of those other teams weren't playing their best basketball. I mean, Denver, uh, you know, before they won four in a row, I mean, really for a lot of the season, they weren't anywhere near their their form that they were in last year when they went to the conference finals behind Jamal Murray just balling out of control. Uh, they haven't been the same team. I know Joker's been balling, but that's it. Uh, and, and, you know, Portland's had some losing streaks. They've had a bunch of injuries. You know, the Spurs, they, they've had personnel issues, missed, you know, COVID issues. I mean, the whole deal... Uh, and the Mavericks couldn't defend anything for the first two months of the season, and now they're rolling late. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. So the Golden State Warriors, I mean, let's face it, J.D., they missed a golden opportunity to be in a really nice spot here at the break. I mean, they, they should probably be sitting, you know, I don't know, where, uh, probably right where the Nuggets are sitting right now in that area, but they're not, and that's how it goes. And so I think at this point they've probably earned that 19-18 and 18 record just because they haven't been good enough in crunch time and close games the last five weeks. 
weeks. Uh, hopefully that will, you know, I guess serve them well in the second half, that experience, and, and maybe they'll uh, they'll be a little more adept at closing out some basketball games. Uh, the schedule will be brutal for the first three. Um, even if you get one of those, though, J.D., you're in good shape. You'd be 500 uh, after that stretch of six games, and, and then things get a little bit easier. That's got to be the goal right now. Just be 500 uh, where they play the Lakers third, right? Be, be 500 after that Lakers game. And then you got a shot. I think that's that's got to be kind of the goal. Um, and and look, I still think there's a lot of positives to take away from the first half this season. They've been an exciting basketball team. They just have have missed a, a golden opportunity. I feel like to move up in the West. Yeah, and you look at uh, the Warriors last night and tonight. You play the fifth team in the West. You play the number two team in the West, and then coming out of the shoot, you're going to play four, one, and three. So over a five game span you're going to play uh, all of the teams that are in the top five. And then if you go out one farther to the Lakers matchup, you play them twice going back to the game on Sunday. So you're playing the top five, six consecutive games uh, here over this stretch. Survive it. I think that's what makes last night's loss uh, and a couple of these losses over the last two weeks uh, all the more painful. Even if they just had one of the three that stand out uh, from the last two weeks, the Portland game, uh, probably the Portland game above all, just based on the fact that it would have given the Warriors the tiebreaker. Uh, and that tiebreaker could come down to maybe the difference between the play-in tournament and not the play-in tournament. I, I think uh, when I look at Portland, they're the most shaky of the six teams to, to maybe lose a spot. Uh, but I, I say that <laughs> while, while acknowledging the fact that they have the record they have and they've basically played without C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic for the last month plus. And they're coming so, back. They, they're like, C.J.'s practicing. They're getting yeah, closer. Like Those guys exactly. will be back soon. Yeah, and, and Damian Lillard's unreal. He had 44 tonight. I mean, he's continuing to, to move up in, in the MVP rankings. And, and look, I mean, for this season – uh, you know, that's another thing that, that we're going to, you know, I, I st the Warriors are going to have to push, if, and, and I know this is secondary, third, sixth, tenth down the line, but the Warriors are going to have to make a run at staying out of the play-in tournament for Stephen Curry to get, you know, that legitimate MVP run. He'll be in the conversation, but he's not going to have a realistic shot of winning it and, unless they can push their record up to, to where the Blazers' level of, of the record uh, is at this point. So 888-957-9570 as you listen to Warriors wrap-up and you listen to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM at HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. We'll keep it moving here until about 10.40, 10.45 tonight as the Warriors lose to the Suns. 120 to 98. So the Warriors 19 and 18 uh, at the break. I, I think one of the positives uh, for the Warriors in, in these first 37, they have been the defensive team, and we've talked a lot about it. They, they've been the defensive team that, that Steve Kerr believed they could be from, from the jump uh, at the beginning of, of training camp all the way back on December the 1st. I think the key now for the Warriors in the second half, and this is where the rotation and who's going to play and who's going to not, and there's been some tinkering, and, and we'll hear from Steve Kerr in the post-game Zoom session. He kind of hinted maybe like there's going to be more tinkering at, coming out of the break, which I, I'm not sure how I totally feel about that. I think it's time to to pick some guys and, and, and come up with what you think the rotation should be. But regardless of all of that, the defense has been there the onus now is on the Warriors to figure out how they can maximize their offense in certain spots and not have it kill 
the defense. The identity, the foundation has been laid. Now it's just a matter of on the margins trying to figure out how to maximize that talent. And you know what? I think the Warriors are still in a spot, Covey, where they can they can have the best of both worlds. They can play Wiseman. They can maybe play Pool at least coming out of the break to give him an opportunity and have it help them short term while also having it benefit uh, these young players in terms of development in the longer term. Yeah, for sure. And and that that needs to be the goal. And I think Steve Kerr's objective was always to to kind of split the difference. Now, you had to get off to a good start this year, though, right, J.D.? Uh, you know, this team won 15 games last year. You bring in Kelly Oubre. You got a huge payroll. Uh, you know, you, you brought in Oubre to help compensate for the loss of Clay Thompson. The impetus was to win some basketball games early in this season. We've already established the fact that the Warriors aren't that team that won only 15 games last year. And let's be real. Like, first couple games of the season, we we couldn't definitively say that, right? And, and so they've certainly shown us something. And I think Steve Kerr has basically proven that this team can still win and you know there's still a lot of talent here and still a lot to build around but I think now we get into that point of the season where we're also very comfortable and confident in the fact that this team has zero shot to win the west or to win a title or you know to be in the conference finals like it's just not in the cards and that's okay like there's some really good teams in the west so the more comfortable you get in that that you say, okay, well then, what else can you do? What what else can you accomplish? You know, in, in the second half, I'm not saying it becomes a complete salvage op because you still have a duty as a professional organization and a team that's been to five finals to to put the best uh, best unit out there and and try and win basketball games. But you can do it while at the same time trying to accomplish a few other goals. It's kind of a unique position, right? I mean, they have the ultimate in reinforcements coming next year with Clay Thompson, and you know you've got some draft picks as well that you're going to be able to utilize so uh help is on the way and and i think the the long-term gaze is certainly at, at 2022 but yet you still got some business to do in the second half so i think steve kerr signaled that intent by resting the guys tonight and i think we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out in the second half regardless though as long as steph curry's on the basketball floor we're going to see an exciting product and as long as you know the, the majority of these guys that played in the first half are in the rotation in the second half and i'm talking about the big boys jd where's it going to win enough basketball games to at least be in that top 10 yeah, it, it, it certainly looks like it. I mean, that that is uh, – they'd have to have a, a significant losing streak in, in the second half, which they haven't had, uh, obviously, in the first half, to, to fall into a situation where they would be in trouble. It would almost take a significant losing streak and a significant winning streak by the Pelicans, Thunder, Kings, uh, or Rockets, and I, I probably shouldn't have even included the last two teams uh, in, in that category. Really, it, it probably feels like the Pelicans are maybe the only team that, that would be capable of that, but they're not even really capable of that. So the Warriors are in good shape in terms of the play-in tournament. The goal is to hopefully avoid the play-in tournament, uh, but I'm, I'm with you as, as far as you just got to – you just got to try to have the best of both worlds, get Wiseman more experience, get Jordan Poole potentially some more experience. I, I think tonight shows you that that he at least deserves an opportunity. Uh, I'm not sure if, if he's going to play well enough. We'll see if he plays well enough to, to earn a role. I, I just hope that the role is, to me, if you're going to do it, you need to do it in that backup point guard spot, but I feel like Steve Kerr's been reluctant to to go there, and I don't even think it's necessarily a Wanamaker issue. It's it, it seems to me to be more of a Jordan Poole at the point guard issue. Like, you like having Jordan Poole out there. You like having him able to, 
to create, but I, I think there's some concern maybe defensively uh, about him playing that spot. I mean, it, uh, there, there's a reluctance there to just hand him that that, that goes beyond, I think, Wanamaker. And, and, I, and I wonder what that is because I feel like that's the simplest way to get the best of both worlds. Like, I don't want to see Jordan Poole, his slot in the rotation, be the last four minutes of the first quarter when uh you know, you know Kelly Oubre comes or Andrew you know Kelly Oubre comes out of the right. game and, yeah. and you know what I mean like I don't want to see that or Andrew Wiggins comes out of the game like I, like to me that's well, not that that's not it like well yeah because you, you know, got I, I, yeah you got Baysmore go and you got D Lee for that what what about Nico Mannion I mean I, I know that he's not a finished product by any stretch and and he certainly has his shortcomings defensively I mean look they they were just getting worked at times tonight. Uh, I mean, it, the the backups for for the Suns played so good; they were just running circles around the Dubs. Uh, but you know, I, I what about Mannion for you? Is that just so far off the table? Because honestly, I feel like Nico Mannion is bringing more right now, just based on what I've seen. Just a couple of times I've seen him play, and again, you know, he's not in any high leverage situations. I'm I'm totally aware of that. It's just Brad Wanamaker has has left the bar so low for me. It doesn't seem too steep of one to clear, even for an inexperienced rookie like Nico Mannion yeah that one for me I, I don't think he's reached that point yet for me at all I mean he's he's barely played NBA minutes um and I and I mean it just for me that he is still more in the project category now I liked what I saw tonight but I, I think he's more of a continue to grow spot player not going to be in the rotation and and just continue to develop now tonight is great because it acts as a reward for him and the work that he's put in uh I mean I I think he's probably got a future in the league I I will say that but as far as you know and this kind of gets to the bigger point about how does Steve Kerr do this because you you can't play everybody like and I think at times Steve Kerr wants to play everybody and I it just come there comes a point where you just have to pick some guy like Damian Lee and Kent Bazemore need to be playing and they need to be playing in in the best rotation slots for them to succeed with the big boys with the Steph Ubre Wiggins Draymond group right and and then you want to try to put get Wiseman out there in the in the best position for him to succeed now maybe that's with the starting I'm sorry maybe that's with the the, the bench group maybe it's pool and and Wiseman with the bench group at the start of the second and, and fourth quarters maybe that's what it is but if it's going to be that then you know what you got to take Eric Pascal out of the rotation because I don't I don't want to see Wiseman and Pascal playing right. together yeah, I, I they're still so, out like yeah you're gonna have to make some you're gonna have to make some some tough decisions there and I think um you know, maybe it becomes a little bit more matchup based on a night in night out basis. Maybe it becomes, uh, you know, I don't love playing pool and Wanamaker together. I, oh, I think it may it, it needs to be time for for maybe Wanamaker to sit um, and and take a break and wait for an opportunity. But again, I think Jordan Poole's earned a look because Wanamaker's played so poorly and because Poole has has you know, played well when been given the opportunity it looks like his game has clearly grown uh looks like he made he's made the most of the time that he spent in the G League and, and he played well tonight like I yeah. like him in a position where you can bring him in and and let him for five or six minutes try to score try to get buckets for Wiseman maybe uh you know try to play with that bench group like that to me makes a hell of a lot of sense and Wanamaker can sit but you know what if Jordan Poole doesn't play well for five or six games then 
it's probably back to Wanamaker, or you're making a deal at the deadline because the deadline's going to be coming up at that point. Like I'm not, like I'm willing to give Poole a shot. I'm not there on Mannion yet, uh, but if he doesn't play well, you're going to go. Uh, you know, uh, it's the old Bruce Bochy, man. I'm I'm going back to the vet. Uh, you know, if if the young player doesn't play well over a stretch because at some point it, it comes down to who's going to give you the best chance to win. I think you could make the case right now Jordan Poole would give you at least a better look uh, and a better opportunity to win because Wanamaker has played so poorly. 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey here. Warriors wrap-up coming back. Uh, we'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. A lot of good stuff to get into uh, from the head coach of the Warriors on Jordan Poole, on James Wiseman on the first half that the Warriors have had and on what he projects the biggest keys to the second half are. Uh, love to hear from you on that. How do you assess this first half? 888-957-9570. What's the key to the second half for the Warriors? And, and what's a, what is a, a realistic goal for the Warriors in the second half? Let's get into that coming back as yeah. well. Also, who's hot and who's not? Uh, Warriors wrap up, rolling on. Suns beat the dubs. 120 to 98 right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ball cross court, knocked away by JTA. Hustles to the ball in the front court. Looking for help. Fakes, comes baseline. Layup is good. Made a great move and laid it in. He did all the defensive work at the other end, too. Chasing the man out of bounds from the corner. He went from one end zone to the other. There is no doubting his effort, his heart, and his basketball IQ. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. We are at the All-Star break. 
the Warriors at 19 and 18 as they drop this one tonight to the Suns, 120 to 98, 888-957-9570. What's a realistic goal for this Warriors team uh, in the second half? Is it just get to six? Is it get to the play-in tournament and, and make your way into the top eight? Uh, we'll discuss that here coming up uh, in just a moment. Also, our Who's Hot and Who's Not, uh, sponsored by Exergen. That is coming up momentarily here. But I do want to hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, following this one as uh, the Warriors take it on the chin. But it was a night more about player development than the outcome itself. And uh, we'll start with uh, Steve Kerr talking here about what he liked about Jordan Poole's game as Poole went for a career-high 26. Well, I liked his confidence. I liked the way he came off screens. He's been working really hard all year on catch and shoot, just coming off of picks and being ready to shoot. He's throughout the pandemic, he was the most consistent player we had in terms of the, the daily work. You know, he and Chris DeMarco worked every day and, and that was one of the things they worked on. I think he's just really refined it, everything, you know, in, in Orlando. I think Chris Weems and his staff have done a fantastic job preparing Jordan and Nico for, uh, for their return. And I thought both guys really played well tonight. Yeah, both guys played very well. And Poole just looks more comfortable. He looks more comfortable when he's get when he's got the ball in his hands more than than just being strictly a, a catch and shoot guy. I think he's more comfortable as as a combo guard or or even more as a as a as a lead guard, somebody that's that's going to try to create. Uh, but the catch and shoot aspect of it is the is the aspect of it, Covey, that that allows him to play with anybody. At least it should. If you can knock down shots, there's a place for you in in, in an NBA rotation. Yeah, look, there's lots of scoring in NBA games, and you need dudes that can straight up score. I mean, the the teams that give the Warriors problems at times are the teams that have scoring depth, right? You know, guys, teams that can come at you, five, six, seven guys, or, you know, even three or four guys that could go for 20-plus on any given night. The Warriors haven't had that this year. I mean, Kelly Oubre's done it a handful of times. Uh, Wiggins, I think I can count on one hand how many times he's gone for 20-plus. It's Steph or nobody. And so uh, with that in mind, I I would like to see the Warriors be able to have that element on their bench. And I like what Steve Kerr said about Jordan Poole. Like, we always known he's a willing shooter. I mean, that goes back to, you know, what we knew about him in college. Jordan Poole will chuck it, but – Last year, and a lot of that was out of necessity, to be fair to Jordan, uh, it was a lot of just you know shooting with a gun hand in his face, forcing a shot, kind of playing a little out of control. He seems to be a lot more in control and, and certainly is understanding the, the geometry of the NBA and you know, the, the gears, like, you know, he'll kind of like shift gears a little bit because he's got, he's got a good first step and he can get it into fifth gear to blow around guys. But you know how it goes, JD, sometimes you need to downshift a little bit and kind of let the, see the game come to you a little bit. And I feel like Jordan, and that's an innate thing, right? Because it still is happening at breakneck NBA speed. So I'm not saying like, oh, you, you know, you, you slow way down, but there's, there's certain guys you just watch. They, they understand the ebbs and the flows of the game. And, and Jordan certainly wasn't in that pantheon last year. But I certainly feel like he's gotten better uh, with a little more experience just playing around other guys of this level. I mean, even the G League is obviously a lot better talent than, you know, he was playing against in in college. So he's just gotten better. And it's good to see he's a scorer. And I think you you talk about combo guard status like for Steph Curry's backup. 
I actually think that's not a bad call for Jordan simply because we know Steph plays off the ball a lot too. He can handle the rock. He's a point guard, but he's also good off the ball uh, as being a catch-and-shoot guy, running around, running through screens. I mean, Jordan Poole could be, and I want to emphasize, a very, very, very light version, but a Steph Curry light. Guy that can score, play off the ball, play with the rock in his hand, do a lot of the same things. Like, the Warriors need a little bit of that. So I hope that Jordan Poole continues to progress in that area because I like where his game's at, man. The, the next step to this thing is, has Jordan Poole earned his way into the rotation? Well, Steve Kerr was asked about that, and, and here's what he said. Well, when you play like he did tonight, then you you definitely deserve another look. And, you know, you, you always have to earn everything in this league. And the way he played tonight, he definitely earned more minutes. So, you know, we're going to be looking at a lot of things over the break. When we return, we've got a lot of decisions to make with our rotation pattern. You know, we're going to have to, to try to find the, the right balance and the right combinations to, uh, to really improve and stay in the, in the playoff fight and continue to develop these young guys. So he's going to get a look, but he's not quite in the rotation yet, although that might be a, a better question for next Wednesday when everybody reconvenes the day before the Warriors will, will head down to L.A. and, and take on the Clippers. Well, but yeah. uh, go ahead. Yeah, well, it doesn't behoove Steve Kerr to make that proclamation right now anyway, right? I mean, why You know, why would you just – hey, hey, Jordan, nice job tonight. I mean, to be fair, the Warriors just lost a game by 22 points, whatever the hell it was. So, um, you know, it's not like they, they went down to Phoenix and shook up the world. No, Jordan had a nice night scoring the Rock. It's a game. You know, it's good to see. It certainly, you know, validates some of the success he had in the G League. But it's not time for Steve Kerr to, to make some, you know, bold statement about what the second half's going to look like. He's been pretty noncommittal about things anyway. You know, I think it's fair to say this is still a very fluid situation. Jordan's going to get more opportunities, and I, I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't think that he should right now. But again, he's not also just going to say, "Okay, well, Jordan Poole's taking over, and you know, and, and you know, he's going to be a big part of our rotation." He's not going to say that. He's it's Jordan Poole's earned another look or two, uh, and and then we'll just kind of take it from there. And I think that's the way to handle it uh, because you want to reward the confidence, but you also don't want to let him know that he's arrived. You got to keep him a little hungry, JD. You definitely need to keep him hungry, and, and look, it'll be interesting to see what, what Steve Kerr winds up doing uh, once the Warriors come out of the break because uh, you're playing some high-quality opponents coming out of the break too. So that's another factor in this, which which I actually kind of like because, uh, you know, to me almost – I would look at it almost if you're going to make the switch. And again, it, it still feels to me almost as if if Jordan Poole is in the rotation and, and this just just – my rub on it, I I feel like if he is in the rotation, it's not going to necessarily be in the backup point guard role. I I, I just the, just my gut. I yeah. mean, we'll see. Maybe there's something going on with Wanamaker and and this ankle, and, and he won't be able to play, and the Warriors are going to have to do something there. Uh, but so it's going to be interesting to see how Steve Kerr handles it. I I do think Jordan Poole's going to get a shot somewhere. The the other part of it is I, I would prefer a good five or six game stretch for Poole where you just know he's going to get minutes uh, because it doesn't limit him to just the three games against the big time opponents. Now, the other part of this thing is, look, the Suns have been a big time opponent this year, but what I'm saying is there's a difference between going and getting 26 in a game with no stakes. And right. look, t tonight's game had no stakes. So it's, it's, it's what you want to see. You, you don't want to see Jordan Poole play poorly in a game like this, but him playing well in a game like this 
doesn't mean that he's going to play well in a in a very specific spot with the other rotation players that are playing every game, playing their minutes against one of the best teams in the Western Conference when the expectation is comp- to compete and to win that game. So, like, it's a hell of a lot harder for Jordan Poole in 14 minutes against the Clippers to go four for six for 10 or 12 points and lead the second unit as a combo guard. Like, that. that is harder to do than going out and getting 26 in a game that's basically a glorified G League game for the Warriors. Now, they're going up against a talented squad, but there were no stakes tonight. Yeah, no, that's very fair point, J.D., and you have to do it uh, against, you know – opposition you know good opposition top tier opposition you have to do it against anybody and you have to do it in in stretches of games that matter it just it can't be garbage time and it can't be in a throwaway game no question and it's the old well I'd rather have played well in a game that meant nothing than played like crap in one of those games so sure in that respect good on Jordan but that's what see that's where you earn the next opportunity I mean a lot of young guys young players who are are way down the rotation when do they get run they get running garbage time right so uh he got that tonight because of the circumstances he got even extended run and he played well and and it's on the back of him balling in the G League tournament in the bubble and and looking damn good in that so um, there was already anticipation about Jordan Poole playing tonight and you know I don't think it was what Warriors fans woke up this morning thinking about but by the time we got the news that Steph and and Dre weren't playing and that Kelly Oubre wasn't playing it's like okay well let's take a little inventory here what can you accomplish tonight well Jordan Poole's looked pretty good in the bubble let's see what he could do tonight with any run you and I talked about it at the end of of Warriors pregame live and uh, he certainly didn't disappoint so uh, here good on him now get some more opportunities and you're right coming out of the break it's three brutally tough games and I would also think some games that well they're probably going to need some secondary scoring uh, in order to, to get over the hump in any of those games and and a spark too because I think that's an, an important part of it right JD when when you're going to beat like big time teams in the West, the Utahs, the Clippers, the Lakers. Yeah, Steph Curry and, and Draymond, they need to lead the way. But you need to get some ancillary contributions. You need to get some sparks, right? Some some guys, you know, give you some contributions that maybe you didn't pencil in before the night started. And and I think that's what Jordan Poole can give you. And I don't think anybody's coming in right now game planning for Jordan Poole. So yeah, maybe he can still sneak up on some teams as well. Did I did I do any did I convince you at all? Uh you you can not really. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Like, I, like again, I'm here. Here's where I'm at with Jordan Poole. He's earned an opportunity. He's earned an opportunity to get to get some minutes. I love but you. Know for what? That, by the way, but you know what? If Steve Kerr decides that that it's not, he's not going to get minutes. Like maybe we think he would coming off of this game. I'm I'm cool with that too. Like this is one of those where where I I do just kind of trust Steve Kerr sure. and don't quibble with it. Like if 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 Wanamaker's the backup point guard against the the Clippers and the and the Jazz and and the Lakers, I'd be surprised. I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not going to come on after the game on you know, any of those three games and say, "Damn it." he should have played Jordan Poole. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to say, damn it, Jordan Poole should be playing. If Steve Kerr decides to play him, I'm, I'm, that's great. Then he deserves to play, and we'll talk about him playing good or bad, but I'm not going to be the guy that's going to come on and clamor for Jordan Poole to play. That's up to, like, that's, that's going to have to be on Steve Kerr. Now, that being said, if he does play, I, I hope he plays in a role that's conducive to him having an impact 
you know, I just, I, I just, I hope it's not that. All right, here's your four minutes with Steph or with the starters or with like, just give them the. I hope it is the damn Wanamaker role, to be honest, if it's yeah. going to happen at all, because to me that's the easiest way to evaluate him. Right, it, and I think his skill set is conducive. And I'm not the first one to say this either. I mean, Anthony Slater wrote a, a whole article about it with you know, break it down film and G League stuff, and and how he's looked, and, and maybe that he could he could unlock something in Wiseman if you play them together with that unit. Maybe that gives everything a little bit more juice. Uh, I'm open minded to that. I'm I'm open minded to that, and that group needs more scoring uh, and stability uh, when when Steph and, and Draymond and those guys are not on the floor. But at the same time, I'm not going to go crazy if. Steve Kerr and the coaching staff decides that it's not quite time uh, for that yet. It's time now, though, for our Who's Hot and Who's Not, sponsored by Exergen, because accuracy matters. And Jordan Poole fits beautifully into the Who's Hot category for tonight. A career-high 26 points uh, in 26 minutes, 10 of 16 shooting, 5 of 10 from 3, and exactly the game that you'd want to see from Jordan Poole, so he's who's hot. Uh, I couldn't pick who's not. I'm gonna I'm gonna task you. I got you uh, with with the who's not tonight. All right, I'm gonna go Eric Pascal as far as who's not. I mean, Eric yeah. Pascal, he had a really nice stretch this season uh, where you know he scored double figures for that long stretch of games. I mean, honestly, there's times where Pascal almost he kind of takes away from the Warriors' flow of the offense because in order for him to be effective, he has to have the ball in his hand so much. And it just it stagnates, it constipates the Warriors' offense. And, you know, you look up tonight, Pascal, uh, 2 for 9 in 15 minutes was a minus 16, um, 0, for 3, 0 for 4 from three-point range. And, and Pascal's game's kind of been trending this way for a while. Last night in Portland, he wasn't any good either. So uh, last couple of games, uh, 3 for 16 for a grand total of 9 points in 27 minutes. Also committed three turnovers tonight to Eric Paschal. So just trying to do a little too much, and he's gotten out of his game. And, heck, that was on the heels of him being the only one that played worth a damn on Sunday against the Lakers. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's it's Paschal, and, and he's kind of he's been a little up and down, but more down than up of late. So he needs to find his game in the second half because I like Eric Paschal. And, you know, when you look at next year, J.D., and, like, what this rotation is going to look like, let's just say for a minute that, you know, Wiseman in the second half looks pretty good. And, um, you know, you're confident that he's going to be the starting five next year. So you'll roll out Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Wiseman. And then it's, okay, what does the bench look like? Well, what happens with Kelly Oubre? How do they spend the rest of, you know, whatever money they have remaining? Uh, you know, certainly Eric Paschal you'd think would be a part of that rotation. Maybe a guy like Jordan Poole. Um, and then you start to kind of backfill it from there. So um, Paschal, though, for me right now, you hope that he does enough in the second half of this season and gets his game back going to, A, help him win some games this season, but also validate that he can be a, a part of this rotation going forward next year and maybe even you know getting back to playing some of that small ball five uh, because they need Eric Pascal's contributions. Yeah, and you start to, to look at, at Pascal, and I, I think he's somebody, when Steve Kerr says there's some decisions that need to be made, I, I think uh, he, he's somebody that is not a lock. To, to be playing rotation minutes every single night, I, I think, coming out of the break. But again, it, it's a fine line because if he's not going to be out there, who is going to be out there? But the other part of this, and we're going to talk about James Wiseman here to, to close out the final 10, 12, 15 minutes of the show, however long we go, uh, and how do you get more minutes for Wiseman? Well, that means somebody is going to play less 
if you're saying it's Kevon Looney or Eric Paschal that's going to play less, uh, it's going to be Eric Paschal that, that's going to wind up uh, playing less. So uh, I, I think Steve Kerr, once again, he wants to play everybody. I don't think he wants to totally lose Paschal, but it's going to be fascinating to see how he winds up uh, having this whole thing shake out. So Jordan Poole is hot. Eric Paschal not. That's our who's hot, who's not for tonight. Sponsored by Exergen because accuracy matters. It's Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Covey here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. What's a realistic goal for the Warriors? We'll get into that here coming up in just a minute. But let's uh, shift gears and talk about James Wiseman tonight. A career high in terms of minutes. Uh, 34 uh, minutes and 35 seconds. He was 5 of 14. He went up against DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Big for him to just get time, I think, uh, at the NBA level. Here's what the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, had to say about Wiseman's game in this one. Well, it's great for James to to get minutes. I mean, he's you know similar to, to Jordan and Nico. He just he just needs reps. He needs minutes. He needs to feel comfortable and confident out there. You know, considering the fact that he played that game without Steph and Draymond, who really provide a comfort level for him. It was a great, great experience for him. He had to guard DeAndre Ayton, who's, uh, you know, fellow uh, young athletic big guy, you know, had to guard Chris Paul coming downhill and pick and rolls. So a uh, very good experience. He's got a lot to, uh, to look at with that tape and we'll look at it with him, but uh, he just needs the reps. There's no shortcuts and uh, he's, he's going to have to play. A lot more games just like tonight and fight through some growing pains and some mistakes uh, to get where he wants to go and where we need him to be. I like the part where Steve Kerr says, take the take the comfort zone away. Take the comfort zone away and then go get it, young fella. Go get it. Go fend for yourself on a night. I mean, I, I was out on the, the notion of, hey, Steph's going to rest and Draymond isn't going to play and, and Kelly Oubre had an excuse absence tonight due to the wrist. I was out on that going into the night, but the benefit of it is take that comfort zone away from some players and let them go fight for it and scrap and and, and see if they can benefit from it. James Wiseman's at the top of the list, so box checked uh, if you are going to have kind of a throwaway night in terms of the one-loss category it, it better help you develop a guy like Wiseman. I don't think he played great. It was kind of up and down, but just yeah. getting the minutes is the most important part. Yeah, just it, it's all about getting that experience, man. And, yeah, I don't think he played great tonight either. Uh, you know, he missed a couple of layups. He just he didn't look comfortable finishing around the rim. And there was a couple opportunities where it looked like, you know, a, a season big is going to be able to put that away. And, and Wiseman certainly wasn't able to. I don't think he, like, he, he doesn't seem comfortable pump faking either, J.D. I mean, we see how many times, you know, a guy gets the ball on the block and that pump fake, he gets somebody up in the air. Uh, and, and Wiseman, he, he just doesn't seem totally comfortable doing that he's just not totally seeing the game yet but it's that's okay like I mean there's there's still plenty of time for him to figure it out but that's something that I'd like to see him improve on in the second half and and I, I think tonight was better I mean you know three fouls in 35 minutes heck we've seen James Wiseman come in and commit three fouls in three minutes and 50 seconds before so um, you know certainly an improvement there uh, but from a rim protection standpoint positioning standpoint he just doesn't look comfortable and, and guards can drive on him right he just he's, he doesn't do a great job getting in front 
front of shooters. And, and look, I mean, it's the NBA. Guys get, you know, it, it, it's tough for bigs to hang with some of these little guys because they can go up and underneath you. They can go around you. Uh, they can make life real tough on you. But just positionally, he's not in the right spot. He's not reading the play very well. And, and again, hopefully this comes with time. But the only way I think you learn that, J.D., is still trial by fire. It's the baptism, right? And, you know, if he's only going to play 10, 12 minutes a night, uh, that's not going to cut it. So this was a good start, um, you know, and, and hopefully we'll we'll see more of James Weissman in the second half. I don't think he played to the point where, you know, he didn't, like, play poorly to the point where I'm like, oh, man, see, this is why Steve Kerr can't play him at all. No, like, he, no, there were some good yeah. moments out there for sure, but it's just certainly a little choppy. It, it was just – it was the ge- a game that looks like a guy that played 34 minutes and did some things. It, that's the kind of game that would be considered – uh, oh, all right, Wiseman didn't have his best game. Like three, four years from now, uh, James Wiseman, oh, he was 5 for 14, had 11 points, uh, 11 boards. Just you know, not a great game for Wiseman, and you just move on to the next one. Like that, right. that's, that was the kind of game it was in the context of maybe later on in his career. Uh, it was just kind of, yeah, poor game for a guy that's going to have a lot of really good games. Like it just felt like kind of a ho-hum. He didn't play well. Nothing catastrophic uh, really about it. Uh, the rebounding tonight, and we're going to hear from Wiseman in, in just a second, uh, but the rebounding total tonight, uh, 11 boards, uh, eight defensive rebounds. Steve Kerr addressed what he thought the biggest thing Wiseman still needs to improve on. I think rebounding. You know, I think we, we're a pretty poor rebounding team. We got outboarded 52-39 tonight. He did a much better job in the second half. But, you know, rebounding is about positioning. It's about anticipating. And he should be getting better, you know, as he goes. So second half of the season will be really big for James. And for us to win, to, to be competitive, he's got to, you know, be a force in the paint on the glass. Be a force in the paint, on the glass, and that's something that I think should be price of admission. Covey, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my yeah. favorite term, like him you. getting him getting eight to ten boards a game. It's like Charles Barkley always says: if you're if you're seven foot, you need to be getting ten rebounds a game in in short order. Like you you just should be able to accidentally get ten rebounds a game. So uh, I think that's something as Wiseman gets more more comfortable but but get that that's one area where you can have a little more dog in your game and and it be productive so I I think that's a great call by by Steve look and I I absolutely that's what they need from this guy I mean bottom line throughout Steve Kerr's tenure here the center's never been relied upon for scoring I know they like to activate that dunker spot and he should be able to be a threat on the lob game and down on the block once that part of his game develops I would much rather James Weissman focuses on the defensive side of things, just, uh, you know, uh, affecting shots, rebounding, uh, just making the paint a place where the opposition doesn't want to come and play, making that your house. Like you said, J.D., getting some dog in you. I hope that's the focus for James Weissman in the second half. And it, it seems like, you know, because the offensive side of, thing, uh, of the game is fun, and, you know, he seems like he's a bit of a natural in that respect as far as, you know, just being willing to shoot. And, um, you know, it, 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 I'm not so concerned about that part of his game. Defensively, though, see, that's where you're going to become a complete big, right? I mean, how many bigs? You know, the bigs in the NBA that are just known for scoring, like they're – they're gimmick guys. They're rotation guys. They're not starters. They're not front-end guys. I mean, all the bigs in the West that he's going to see that are in the starting lineup, 
They're in there because they rebound and they defend and they rim protect and they shot block. Like, that's where James Wiseman needs to, to grow into his paws. Worry about the offensive stuff, you know, a little bit later on. That kind of stuff comes a little bit more with time. Defenses, I think, it's it's something that you can and, – and it's also where he can have a bigger impact on the game right now too, right, J.D.? I mean, you hear it in Steve Curry. He's damn near, you know, opining for James Wiseman to become a better rebounder because they need it. They're getting ripped on the glass like every night. Yeah, they are. And and again, that's to me it's it's dunker spot, it's challenging shots, it's rebounding and running the floor. The the basic things that we talked about the night that he was drafted that that if he could by the middle of the year, we're at the middle of the year now and one game beyond the middle of the year. I think by the middle of the year you would have hoped that he could have been at a point where he does all those basic things well and, and could be pretty close to a 10-10 and 10 kind of a guy without having to take a lot of shots and maybe being a little bit more of a challenger defensively. I think the injury set him back a little bit. I think the fact that he's 19 set him back a little bit. Not a big deal that he's not there yet. I think a realistic goal for him is to, to be that guy by May the 16th when we're talking about uh, a 72-game season and the Warriors, uh, hopefully for them, being able to, to be in the playing tournament or being able to prepare for a first-round series against somebody. So uh, we'll keep monitoring uh, James Wiseman. Uh, ups and downs have been a, a big part of it, though, and the constant scrutiny. We've talked a lot about that the last couple of days, I think, with LaMelo Ball playing so well uh, and, and with the fact, and, and you made the point initially, and it was, a great point the fact that James Wiseman is a Golden State Warrior and that carries extra weight and it brings more attention the way this team is covered uh, how rabid the fan base is uh, given uh, just the love for this team but also the success that they've had historic uh, over the last decade uh, or so uh, here, here's what James Wiseman had to say about dealing with the ups and downs of this first half I ain't gonna lie, it's been hard, man, especially for me. But like I'm saying, mentally strong. Uh, I had a lot of ups and downs in my first half, my rookie year, but uh, I've learned a lot as well. But I had a lot of ups and downs, but I'm just uh, like just containing myself and just trying to stay strong and just keep learning every day. But I had a lot of adversity, but I'm just enduring it and just getting through it. And if there's yeah. one piece of advice I could give James Wiseman in, in the second half, and it, it, he just seems like a heartfelt dude and a, and a thinker and and somebody that that. Just he wants so badly to do well uh, that when things don't go right, you you can just you can see it's just grinding him mentally. And and look, uh, if there's one piece of advice I give him, it would be just try to try to let go of that. Try to play free. Try to understand that that it's all going to be all right and it's going to become real natural at some point. And 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 he is going to have a big impact on this team because I think I think at times like you can just see it on his face. The fact that that he knows he's not at this stage of his career living up to the expectations, right? Like I think he he can see like, oh god, like, uh, and I, he'll get there. Like I'm not even saying he won't. It's early. It's probably crazy to even to even put too much on him at this point. But you can see he wants to be great. Yeah, and that was actually like that piece of audio right there. That was a little concerning for me. I mean, he reiterated, you know, several times about the struggles and the ups and downs. And yep, 
I, I get it. Like, we all know, but it's like at the same time, the sky's not falling, James, right? I mean, and, and I get it. He wants to be great, but I don't know. I, I would almost like to see him keep his poker face on a little bit more, to be honest, and just maybe lean on some of the cliches and, hey, you know, we're, we're just taking it a game at a time. I, I feel like I'm getting better. Like, never let him see a sweat kind of a thing, right? Especially when he's so aware that all the noise is out there because that almost validates that it's getting to him a little bit. And, and you know, it's, again – he could go change all of this just by going out there and having a couple of good weeks of basketball, which by the way, I think he's more than capable of doing, but that was, uh, did you kind of pick up on that? I mean, I hadn't heard James Wise. Big time. Yeah. He talked about struggles, but that was like, he almost laid well, out a little bit of, there was a, an aura of vulnerability right there for me. Well, well let's let, you know what? Let's play it again, Sterling, because we'll just, and I'm going to just run a count here, but, but let, let's play it again right now. It's only 19 seconds and, and, and we'll, I'll, I'll lay it out for you a little bit more specifically, but go, go ahead and roll it, Sterling. I ain't gonna lie, it's been hard, man, especially for me. But like I'm saying, mentally strong. Uh, I had a lot of ups and downs in my first half, my rookie year, but uh, I've learned a lot as well. But I had a lot of ups and downs, but I'm just uh, like just containing myself and just trying to stay strong and just keep learning every day. But I had a lot of adversity, but I'm just enduring it and just getting through it. Four different times he went back to the the negative on it. Four different times. Like, I'm getting through it, but I had a lot of ups and downs, and it's gotten to me, and it's – it you know it's tough for me. I think that's an acknowledgement of the expectations. Like he's a dude, as Draymond said, that's never used to 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 not you know being successful. Uh, but again, he's he is a thoughtful person, and I think you know in sports we we always come back to this. I think at times, and it kind of goes a little bit to the Wiggins thing, yeah. uh, where where the personality type, like you know, some people want their players to just go out and and ball and be aggressive and play like Kelly Oubre or play like, you know, Matt Barnes or play like Steven Jackson, right. you know, Baron Davis, like dudes that D-A-G-F, yep. right? Yellow. Like, and, and that, and, you know, I think not everybody's the same. Like, not everybody has the same personality type. People deal with things differently. And I think at times when a guy like Wiseman struggles, who clearly is – more thoughtful, more aware of what's going on, I think there's always going to be that that counter from the fan base at times and 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 even some in the media where it's like, "Nah, man, go out there and just just kill people." And that that's easier said than done for some people with certain personalities you almost have to have the success first and then it'll wash away and then he'll get comfortable you can't some people you just can't say hey go out there and don't give a rip right and and you know what this is a great text here coming in from the 510 I think Wiseman realized early this season he wasn't going to get by just on his skill and instinct and now he's overthinking everything he just needs to stop thinking I I think that's totally true and we all have those stretches right where you kind of mentally get in your own head and uh, and that only is going to compound the problem and make things exponentially harder. We do it as broadcasters sometimes, JD. Right? Well, I'm, I'm on about a seven or eight day run of it. To be perfectly honest, like I'll just I, I'm on about a seven day rip of of kind of overthinking everything and right. dealing with. Like I could kind of relate to that a little bit. To be perfectly honest, not to not to go all Johnny vulnerability on you. <laughs> no, but, bring but it I, in, dog. Sit down. But, I got you. <laughs> but it's like like I I kind of relate to what Wiseman's talking about there because yeah. it it just you know. 
you, you want to do well and you want everything to be right and you're working your ass off and then sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes it, the words don't come out right or you don't make the right play or you're not in the right spot or that thing that the coach was telling you to do, uh, hey, do this and this is going to be there for you. Uh, you know, it, it sometimes it, it doesn't click and you're like, damn it. And you can see that you, you should have very easily you know, gotten through it and, and, and made the play or, or, or done the job. And you know there's expectations. You know that, that if you struggle and the team isn't winning, that, that you're going to have to be accountable for it. Uh, right. wh- whether it's totally your fault or not, you're going to have to be accountable for it at some point. So I, I think Wiseman does need to take a, a, a deep breath and, and kind of get over it. I think some of it's just being 19, though, too. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I you know, 19, going to be 20. Uh, and and again, I think he's he's nineteen uh, in some ways, going on thirty. Uh, I think you know with with the mental approach and the awareness. Uh, but yeah, I just think he needs to relax and, and have some success. Uh, there was a great follow up to this, which I think is important uh, for the context here. Uh, Wiseman was asked what's led to the frustration. So here's what he said to that. Uh, I say that physicality, but I also say just learning the defensive end, like. Uh, the defense because just being the quarterback, like you got to make sure you call out all the options and you got to make sure you put the players in position. So it's a lot of stuff as a big, especially on the defensive end, to just call out like, you know, different defensive coverages and stuff. So, but I feel like I'm getting better. And uh, in terms of physicality, like it's not really bothering me that much because I'm starting to become aggressive as well, starting to become physical. So it's not really bothering me like that. But, like, in the first half, like, the couple of games when I first played, it was most definitely hectic in terms of physicality. So physicality is one thing. He feels like he's getting over that. But, again, the mental aspect of being in the right spot, making the calls. Sounds like he's got a little Draymond Green in his head there because when I, when I hear you know, making the calls and you got to quarterback it and you got to know where everybody's at, like, that sounds to me like, you know, Draymond's putting some heat on him, and that's fair. You know, it's a grown-up grown up game, yep. uh, and 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 he's learning. So there's there's nothing to there's nothing to be concerned about there. But it just it's you know again it comes from a good place. But at some point, he's either going to have to have success to let it go, or he's just going to have to clear his own head and just let it go. Yeah, that's all. And I think the week off's coming at a good time. Uh, and, you know, it's so funny. We're, we're talking about so much about LaMelo Ball. I got news for you. LaMelo Ball ain't sitting around worried about his defensive game. You know what I'm saying? Like, LaMelo Ball never saw part of a defensive set he wants any part of. So, you know, don't get too caught up in where LaMelo Ball's game's at. Like, James Weissman, the, the foundation that he's laying right now is going to serve him very well. Like, I know that the comparisons are always going to be there, but these are two different positions, two different organizations, with two very different levels of expectation for this season and, and what the future looks like so you know if I'm a if I'm a warrior fan just don't get too caught up into that uh the future's still very bright for James Wiseman the physical tools that that kid possesses are are you know not you know once in a lifetime but certainly special I think is the way to describe it so uh still plenty of time to go there just be patient and hopefully he comes out of the break a little bit rejuvenated and uh the Warriors are going to need him man and he's going to get more time in the second half and hopefully give Steve Kerr plenty of reasons to keep playing him Two quick cuts here, one from Steve Kerr, one more from Wiseman. Uh, Wiseman was asked about what you just touched on, and that's how much he needs a, a mental break. It's going to be a great break. I just can't wait to get back to my mom and just um, just have have good laughs with her, and she cooked me some food and stuff, so I, I can't wait for that. But most definitely, this first half of my rookie year has been great, 
and I can't wait for the second half to learn more stuff. And I mean, it's just a journey, so I'm ready. Get to mom, get some good cooking, come back right. ready to destroy people. I freaking love it, man. I mean, come on, dude. If I was if I was away at an NBA season at 19 years old, hadn't seen my mom in months, that'd be the first thing I want to do too. Let me get home to old Melody. My mom's not much of a cook, but she's a great hugger, JD. So I'd be wanting to get home too if I was him. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So uh, it's good that Wiseman will be able to get that. And then uh, the final cut uh, from Steve Kerr, maybe we buried the lead, but I-, I wanted to touch on this at the end a little bit uh, because we are at the All-Star break, but I wanted to get into some of the other storylines from the night, in particular Poole and Wiseman. Uh, you know you're always going to get a good answer for, from Steve Kerr. Uh, here's what he had to say about needing to hit the break. Yeah, it's coming at the right time for sure. I think everybody on our team is uh, is tired and Needs a mental break, needs a physical break. We got uh, guys who are excited to, you know, see family, go home, and or maybe you know just stay home for a few days without having to practice, and it'll be good for the group. Good for the group, good for the soul. Just stay home. Don't need to practice unless you're Steph Curry. You're you're on your way to Atlanta uh, to play in the All Star game that that doesn't need to happen. Uh, so. Yeah, now that we're beyond this game, all right, I'm over it. They gave Steph the night off. It's okay. We'll, yeah, we'll keep deal it with moving. It. Ever, ever, for, ever forward. Before the game, that's a huge deal. But, hey, the Warriors took the L that, that was probably 12 hours in the making, and, and, and it's on to the break at 19 and 18. Uh, what, what's a realistic goal for you uh, in the second half? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first, and then uh, that's going to do it for us, man. Another, uh, gosh, we've done a lot of these hour and 15s this year. I just want to give you a round of applause for sticking with me because we, we actually could have gotten out early tonight because we got the show early tonight, a rare night where we actually got the show earlier than expected. And so we actually could have wrapped this bad boy up about about 10, 15 minutes ago. But because the content was good and I felt like we were vibing, I wanted to finish strong here before the break. Uh, But what's what's an outcome for you, Uh, you a goal? Props to you, by the way, J.D. You're the dude that works like six days a week around here, and I know you're going to take a couple days off now and much deserved. I don't think people out there understand, oh, you guys working in radio. John Dickinson is the glue, man. So just know that if you're riding around listening. This dude, talk about no days off. He would, J.D., you would have been a perfect New England Patriot. No days off and on to Seattle, baby. <laughs> Nothing uh, easy. Yeah, Nothing no doubt. Easy. You get your Zaza on, too. Um, you know what? It would be a goal in the second half. Be better closing out games down the stretch and – just be over 500 in the second half because that means you'd finish over 500 for the season. Have a winning season of basketball. To me, that's the most important thing for the Doves. When you look back on this season, just win more than you lose. And the schedule certainly sets up that way. And uh, hopefully these guys stay healthy because while I, I am excited about what lies ahead for the rest of this season, let's be real, J.D., it's, it's about making another run at a Larry O'Brien trophy next year. So do all the things that put you in a position to do that. And uh, let's, let's get some of these young bucks an opportunity to, to get their ball on a little bit as well yeah for me it's just getting if you could hit the 39 win mark I think that would be outstanding I mean 40 is probably a cleaner goal but but try like hell to avoid that play in tournament I think it's going to be tough when you look at the six that are there now but but I think those two the 40 win mark or or getting to that six seed 
uh, is a realistic goal, and I think you're spot on with respect to finishing games and, and closing them out better. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, the first half in the books. Covey, uh, you alluded to it. I am going to be off uh, here for the next week. Back with you. I appreciate you holding down the final word uh, with Whitey tomorrow, and then you're going to be solo dolo for a couple of days as, as I uh, get a little bit of a respite. We'll be back together a week from tonight uh, when the Warriors take on the Clippers. Warriors live there, but hey, the show's going on tomorrow. Final word with you and with Whitey Gleason. Uh, so 6 o'clock tomorrow, ready to roll. I know you will be. I know Bobby Spang will be. Uh, keep it rolling, and uh, we'll reconvene here on a week from tonight, which, believe it or not, a week from tonight is going to be the night, the one-year anniversary of when everything shut down Wow! Uh, on March 11th. Pretty incredible uh, to think of what the last year uh, has held. Uh, so uh, good stuff, my brother, and we'll, too, uh, we'll talk next week. Yeah, good stuff, J.D. Seriously, bro, enjoy your week off. Appreciate all the hard work, as always. Uh, again, man, J.D. does a lot of stuff behind the scenes as well. Um, this, it wouldn't be a show without you, brother, so I appreciate you. And uh, get get those batteries recharged. You and James Weissman, get home to mama, get some of that cooking, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll see it. when you get back, partner. All right. Uh, for Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to uh, Ryan Mauser. Thanks to Bobby Spang as well. Uh, Warriors lose this one 120-98. to Final word tomorrow at 6 with Covey and Whitey. I'm back next week. Enjoy the All-Star break, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you then as the Warriors lose tonight 120-98. to You heard it all right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.